podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Hello and welcome to another uh, Touchy Gunas podcast. It's your boy Dan Coops on hosting duty today, and I'm here with my brother, Mr. Shabs. How you doing, man? My man. Yo, yes, yes, yes. I'm all right, man. Same as usual, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 um we're keeping it calm and collected at the moment. You know, there's not much Arsenal developments in terms of transfers going on right now. Mm. I think in the next couple of days we'll probably hear. Uh, some more news, but otherwise it's the same, same old, same old. Um, on Friday, just gone, uh, Arsenal played their first, uh, I guess, pre-season friendly. This was, I think, a behind-the-closed-doors friendly, so no fans there. Um, I think the Friday coming is going to be the first pre-season game with fans uh, playing FC Nuremberg um, in Germany. So that is definitely one to watch. Um, we've seen some training pictures. Gabriel Jesus uh, has been signed this week, announced... Uh, Monday morning, uh, I'm seeing Marquinhos there with the boys. Um, I'm seeing all this Brazil, 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 um, you know, uh, posting from the club. So, you know, how do you how do you feel now that you know that Jesus signing um, has 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 been finally been announced? You know, that saga, as it were, um, is now finalised. Uh, there's going to be loads of Mexican waves at the Emirates. Uh, I can just, I can, I can, <laughs> I can, I can just tell. You know, I know it's the Mexico, Brazil, but you know, you know, we like it's going to be Samba time over South, South American vibes. Yeah, Samba time all the way. Samba time. Um, I'm happy with it. I'm, 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 I'm very happy with the signing. I think that's an excellent signing mm. for us. To be fair, um, I think my thoughts about him have been documented. Uh, I jumped on the end of the Patreon piece that um, you and Lou done as well, where, again, I got my thoughts in there. I recognise not everyone's a patron. If you're not, why not? You need to mm. sign up, you know, get loads of fab, excellent content. That's me shamelessly plugging it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy about it. I'm excited. I can't lie. I saw the um, the press releases and the images as well and um, him standing you know, at the top of the Emirates, you know, with his arms outstretched, looking like a looking like one uh, Brazilian monument. You know, I don't want to upset any Christians or Roman Catholics out here. You know, but yeah, he was looking like he was looking like the man. And um, yeah, it's exciting times, man. I can't wait to see him play. I can't wait to see him play his first competitive game for us. I'm praying for debut goals, not one debut goal, debut goals for him. Mm. And yeah, man, I I do. I've always liked him as well, so slightly biased, but. Yeah, man, I, I, I don't really think there's question marks. I think he's a player. He's already demonstrated that he's got the minerals. He already knows the league. He's still young, um, you know, he's, and he's still got points to prove, despite the fact he's got his four league titles. He's still got points to prove. 
And um, he's still got, you know, some people are questioning his goal-scoring ability. I like the fact that when he done his interview for us, they asked him what his best position was and he just kind of put it to bed and said, striker, I'm the number nine. I want to be a striker mm. here. So, so he I like that. Clap goals, boy. He, he said he wants to clap goals. goals. You know, so yeah. so yeah. I'm looking forward to that for him. Yeah, and 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 I, and I definitely think that's definitely um, that's a positive sign, right? Because you know we see Tim Vickery and what he was saying on Sky Sports, and I, I think he's a very good um, pundit, especially when it comes to South American football. And I think that aspect of things um, that he mentioned, sort of about Gabriel feeling a little bit disillusioned with himself um, about being a number nine um for 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 club and country and I thought that was a nice little insight to you know the personality of the player you know he mentioned that you know not scoring at the World Cup was something that he he, he took very personally you know and to me that says this is a guy that's very ambitious you know he wants to do well not just for um, country but also for club as well and I think you know as we've seen it um his his minutes per goal I think we're going to be banging this out um uh, uh, until until we play uh, the first Premier League game, but the minutes per goal um, for Gabriel Jesus is right up there with the best, you know, um, mm -hmm. in the Premier League. That this guy, hopefully with the minutes, can be a bit of a shooter. So I like that from him. He said he's a number nine, you know, not just a striker. He said he's a number nine. Number um, nine, um, you know. I'm a number nine, and I'm and I'm here to score goals, right? So um, and and on top of that, he did say that he wants to help the team as well outside the goal. So. You know, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in an Arsenal shirt. I think they showed some clips on the website of him packing in uh, Matt Turner and Leno uh, already, you know. So um, hopefully long long may that continue. And, you know, what I find quite interesting is that um, with the Marquinhos signing as well, um, so we were speculating in the WhatsApp chat that this guy is definitely going to be one for the future. They're going to loan him out uh, immediately. But it looks like he's been given this opportunity to impress um, in pre-season. And, you know, we've seen it in the past uh, when Arteta doesn't want you around or he doesn't figure, figure you in the plans. Um, we're not going to relitigate, but uh, Matteo Guendouzi, William Saliba, etc. If the loan is in the plans, we've got that loan manager now, um, you're off quite early. And he gives you the pre-season to really sort of prove yourself and showcase whether or not you're ready for first-team football. So do you think it's a possibility now that, you know, Marquinhos might end up involved in um, some first-team plans? Because I'm actually looking at it and I think that Marcelo Flores, um, he didn't go with the team um, on, on, on this tour. Uh, Miguel Aziz also didn't go with the team um, on, on, on this tour to Germany as well. And they were both playing friends for the under-21s. Under um, so do you think it's a possibility now that Marquinhos might end up being involved with some first-team football uh, this season? Absolutely, it's a possibility. Definitely, it's a possibility. Um, if you ask me a different question about the likelihood, I think that's a different... Mm. That's, that's You know, I'll be, I'll be throwing a different answer there. Um, I like the signing, yeah, but I like, I, I, I like what the signing represents, yeah, which has always been Arsenal having one or two obscure picks, yeah? Players who no one really knows anything about and, you know, trying to find, uh, you know, gems, picking gems out of the dirt, really. And he represents that kind of signing in that no one really knows anything about him. 
really. Like, I doubt, even the most avid um, fans, unless you're a dedicated uh, viewer of Brazilian football or South American football, I doubt most fans would really know. These these shows would really know who he is. So he's a young player. I think, yeah, this is an opportunity for him to kind of be in and around the team. I think him settling into the team will be eased by the Brazilian contingent there. You know, there's Martinelli, there's um, Gabriel, there's Jesus. Um, am I missing someone else out? You know, there would have been Rafinha as well. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's an opportunity. I think Martinelli is a good example and probably a good blueprint for him as well. They could be saying like, you know, look at what this kid has come in and been able to do. So if you apply yourself and you dedicate yourself to the cause, there's no reason why this can't be you. And then the rest is really just about the opportunity he's going to get. I think in pre-season, he should get minutes. Like, you know, what if you can't give this guy minutes in pre-season games, forget about it. You know, let's just be honest. Like, forget about it. He's not coming to do any kind of job here. But, um, yeah, and then I think if he impresses in pre-season, in the similar way that Martinelli was able to, I think, you know, there's a case and a point for saying, actually, let's keep him around. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can be useful. Let's see if we can give him cup minutes. Let's see if we can give him Europa League um, minutes. You know, let's see if we can kind of bring him off the... Let's see if we, he can make match day squads. Let's see if we can bring him off the bench, you know. So, yeah, I think there's 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 a possibility, but mm. low key, I'm a bit excited about it. Just because mm. I don't, I might watch. This might change with me watching the first game. I might say, nah, 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 nah. This nah, guy's nah, cheeks, nah, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but right now, there's no reference point, and mm. I quite like that. It's not often now that we can say that about players that we sign. There's no reference point. You know, mm. we're all quick to go on YouTube and do comps and. Or we've all seen these players play somehow, somewhere. I don't know nothing about this guy. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it's it's almost like, you know, sort of back to the, the olden days, right? Where, you know, we've got so much information now about all of these players, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like the moment we, we get linked with someone, boom, let me go get World of Football uh, scout up on YouTube. Let me go yeah, get Brazilian uh, scout yeah. up on, on on football and watch watch the, the top comp makers do their work, right? Let me go look at yeah. FB Ref. Let me go look at Understat. This, that, and the other, right? And we have all yeah. this information at our fingertips. But with some of these, you know, sort of unknown uh, uh, and uncovered gems, you know, Brazilian football, this is where, you know, uh, Edu can can really do his magic and surprise us kind of thing. Mm. You know, like, oh, Teletext. I remember the last signing that I think I sort of felt like this. I remember exactly where I was. So um, Toby and his brother were at my, at my yard, right? Like little mm. family family get together we're in the garden like playing with a tennis ball trying to play patball or something like that mm-hmm. and then tossing uh toby's brother he tells me oh yeah um arsenal just signed this guy Hleb. did you did you hear about this this is mm. like 2006 yes yeah, um, yeah and yeah and i'm like oh who the hell is that right like do you know what i mean and then when you watch him you're like right this guy is this guy's wavy you know what i mean yeah. and that's like a complete surprise because i don't know where we signed him from was it um uh <laughs> I, I can't remember. I can't he went even back remember. There. He went back there. It was a team. It was it was a team uh, in Eastern Europe as well that we signed him from random. But and then Fleb became one of my my favorite players because mm. I didn't know anything about him. And when I saw him, I was so impressed with the way that he dribbled, the way that he carried the ball, uh, and his te- just his level of technique. I thought was amazing. Pro yeah. six. He was one of the guys. You know, shot faint, square X. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah. one of the guys yeah. that worked every square single X. time. 
Yeah, every single time it was yeah perfect with with him. Yeah, so so he was one of my favorite players. So you know every time there's a now like an unknown gem, it always reminds me of back then where you know this is someone who I literally know absolutely nothing about. That's probably one of the reasons why um, I'm such a big fan of Martinelli is that it's a breath of fresh air for someone to come where you have absolutely zero expectations and they come hit the ground running and surprise you like. I think mm. I was at the game for Martinelli's debut in um, uh, the Europa League. My mm. man scored a brace, yeah, and I was like, "Yo, who who is this? Who is this kid? Do you know You're what I mean? Right. Who is this kid?" Because yes. there were two two great goals as well. I think it was a header cross goal, um, <clears throat> and then and then another one in the box where um, it was like a touch, a quick touch and finish in the bottom corner. And I was like, "Yeah, wow, we must we might have picked out a gem." So if Marquinhos can come and give us that same feeling. Uh, I'm not going to complain. Um, yeah. I'm not going to complain too tough uh, about that one either. So we have this question in the comments, actually, from Femster82. So this is another one, yeah, in the same sort of boat where he goes, who the hell came out with this Edon Jegrova rumour? Yeah, I don't even know if that's how you say his name. Hey, e done a better job yeah, so random. And I agree, it is so random. But one thing I will say about Arsenal this summer um, is or and and last summer as well, um, even going back to January, where we signed Matt Ryan out of nowhere, yeah. Um, is that these men are trying to keep um the transfer business under wraps? So I'm not going to say that this is definitely a, a, a lie, um, but I would actually be surprised now if this rumor turned out to be true. Um, that it's a random guy from left field that we've we've now made a move for. Um, instead of, you know, something like a big name, because it looks to me that Arsenal are trying very much to to keep their business under wraps, keep a, a lot of their business left field, unpredictability, try and find these gems, try and do the scouting, try to do the analysis um, for specific roles within the team. So I've not looked at any comps, right? I've, I've said I've refused. I'm going to wait until, um, until maybe a bigger name uh, reports it, because I think it's just come from one journalist at the moment, who's based mm. in uh, Kosovo, I believe, something like that. So, mm. you know, a bit of a random link for someone to just make that up completely out of nowhere. So, you know, I reckon that's one to, to watch the space. But Shabs, did, have, have, did you watch any comps of him? I'm not, I'm going to assume you've not seen him uh, live and direct. I know you're, yeah, you're in the weeds with these guys, but um, nah, this, yeah. I think this was too far even for you. No, this, this one's too far even for person even for a guy like me way too far like i'd never heard of this don before when they say he's playing for lil i was even surprised i can't lie to you i'm like lil like this guy can't be someone in their starting lineup but but, but i think he's only recently just come and been signed by lil to be fair i think you know word on the road is that he was picked up in 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 january um i've never heard of this guy i started to watch a compilation I can't like I'm not I, I don't get sold by these comps. I started to watch the compilation. I turned it off after about one minute and thirty seven seconds because I said, you know what? I can't have like this ain't for me, in it. I can't do this. There's, I there's saw, ones where you're I, just like you like uh, they can't have me on the club can't have me on strings like this. I'm they can't this, have me know, like yeah. this. Like they got yeah. me in a chokehold. Like I'm saying, yeah. listen, like I'm dying for targets here, yeah? and then they just they get one guy to just blow smoke here. Yeah? I think he was from Belgium, actually, the report. I think okay, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe. Again, I could be wrong. I say I can't, I can't. I, I'm watching 
compilations, he's doing skills against players on one training ground complex. I said, nah, man, what am I watching here? There's no one, <laughs> there's not even stands. There's no stands where he's doing. It's not even like this is like under 23. I said, I can't, I had to turn it off. I'll be honest with you. Um, he might be good. I might be foolish for doing so, you know. I might let's 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 see if these links become stronger and tangible, and then mm. I'll pull the files on him. You know, we'll do our due mm. diligence. You know, you you might catch me and Coog's hair doing a a Patreon yeah, piece on my piece yeah. in a couple of weeks to come. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I reckon yeah. uh, we, we might struggle for clips there. You know, we might have to go into the archives to find clips. Well, tomorrow, man. But you know, I have a, we'll, I have faith we'll, in our I have faith in our ability to do that. Still, yeah, still. yeah. I, I back us as well, Shabs. Yeah. So you know that that would definitely be one to watch. As we mm. said, you know there might be some truth to it the way Arsenal have conducted their business. So you know you never know, but. Until it's it's further confirmed, if I see an Ornstein tweet on that, um, yeah, then I'll, I'll get more invested. But otherwise, um, yeah, that's that's a link. It's a link. It's 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 one link amongst many. It's one mm. link amongst many, right? So yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens um, in that space. So in actually the um, in the in the game on Friday, there's just one 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 topic that I, I think is worth mentioning, right? So um, Eddie and Ketia. Um, fresh off his number 14 um, acclamation, right? He decided that, boom, he's not going to waste any time straight in from pre-season. And for me, pre-season, last season, um, I was very impressed with Eddie. Mm. Um, I thought he came in and he looks like our best striker immediately from pre-season in a number of games, right? I think it was a game against Watford where um, he, he was very good off the left. You know, gave the yeah. right back some work, cut inside, scored a very nice finish um, as well against Chelsea in that sort of, um, I can't remember, it was like a little tournament that we'd done for charity with Chelsea yeah. Spurs last season. Them final um, tournaments, the Audi yeah. Cup, them cut, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he came on against Chelsea and looked very good. Um, and uh, I think in the, in the game, uh, Chelsea at home, he came off the bench um, fresh off the injury and looked quite sharp as well. Um, mm. And so, you know, that that did, for all intents and purposes, continue into the season, right? We know he was very good in the League Cup. Um, I think he scored seven goals in... Um, uh, was it seven goals? Not not seven goals. I think he scored f- five goals in the League Cup. Five goals in the League Cup last season, including yeah. a hat-trick... Um, uh, at, at, at one stage as well, um, yeah. and he didn't actually second play. Round, third round, he, he, he yeah. hit a hat trick. He, he beat, he actually... beat six, six, uh, five Sunderland. Minutes, I no. think it was. Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, scored against Leeds as well, and I, he didn't actually play in the games against Liverpool, home or away. You know, mm. um, which is you know quite telling. I think it was Lacazette. Obviously, we got the red, early red card in uh, in the first leg, um, and in mm. second leg, Lacazette played. Um, as we got dispatched, right? So, you know, um, I do think that is, you know, interesting, probably unfair on him to not get the nod um, in those games. But that then form continued into the Premier League as well, where he scored five goals um, in the, the eight appearances that he made at the end of the season. So, you know, I I do want to put not the most stock, but I'm going to put a little bit of stock into that performance. Obviously, obviously it's a, it's a pre-season game against, who, who is it that we played? Um Ipswich. Ipswich, right? League one opposition. Um, you know, uh, I think they were 
slightly ahead in their preseason preparation. I think their their season starts um, a week before a week before ours does. Um, so so they should have been slightly fitter than us. But we dispatched them, and Eddie, you know, started the game, scored inside twenty five seconds, you know, um, with a very good finish into the bottom corner. Um, and then you know, first half hat trick for him. He got his forty five minutes under the on uh, on under his belt, and um, and 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 got some rest for it, but. You know, I do want to put small stock in that because to me, that, that's a guy that's hungry, man. Um, that's mm. a guy that's hungry. I think, you know, people say, um, you know, you don't put too much stock in preseason, but if you have a poor preseason, um, you know, when you're not bagging, we look at Aubameyang, uh last preseason, he didn't score a single goal. He went 0 for 7 in all of our preseason games and carried that on into the season. He carried that on into the season, right? So, you know, not that, oh, yeah, Eddie's going to start scoring hat tricks every year, but I like the fact. That it looks like he's putting the work in the off season. Um, he's seen that you know Arsenal, are, you know, looking for a striker. And for me, this he says, look, I'm up for the fight. You know, I'm not going to let my man come and take my spot without me showing showing what's what. He's uh, 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 I'm going to say pause, but you've seen the physicality of him, the topless pictures that he's posting, this that and the other. He looks shredded. <laughs> he looks like he's put on muscle. Um, he looks like he's 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 ready for the battle. You know what I mean, mm. right? So I'm quite encouraged by, I think, the attitude that he's showing, you know, um, that he's taking that number 14 shirt and I think he's he, he really wants to, you know, show out in it, you know, really wants to show out in it. So what, what are your thoughts on Eddie coming into the season? Uh, thoughts on him for this year, for this season? Yeah, for this season. Or yeah. just in general? I think Yeah, it's... Just, just in general. Yeah, I, I, I agree with so much of what you said, um, just about preseason, attitude to preseason. I think that this is what happens when there's a show of good faith from club to player and from player to club as well. I think that show of good faith in him, um, we could say, like, you know, actually is long overdue. Like you said, there were times in games where he was overlooked, where I, you know, we believe he should have played, he should have been given a nod. Um, I think if you're going to start him in cups, you have to have fidelity to him and kind of start him throughout the cups, regardless. You know, if the opposition changes, then you know you leave him in there and you tell him to step up and keep it. You know, just show us what you can do, um, especially over Lacazette, who you know you we're, we're, we're glad that chapter's finally ended. But um, yeah, like you know, I think finally it's come. There's been some faith in him from the coach and from the club, and. Um, you know, I think he understands that as well. And 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 similarly, I think he's taking it on and saying, yeah, continue to give me these opportunities and I'm going to show you this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to perform. And, you know, I, I keep going back to that interview as a reference point. And I think what he said was true there. There are players who he's played at the same level uh, during his younger days, youth days for England and whatnot and whatnot. Captain and when he, Yeah. And when he thinks about the differences, it's just that their exposure to opportunity and game time, you know, yeah. that's what they've got over him. Doesn't necessarily believe that they're better players than him. And I don't. I think here yeah, we could talk about different positions or whatnot. I don't necessarily believe they're better players in terms of higher levels. I think with Eddie, there haven't been a lot of reference points for him because he hasn't been given loads of opportunities. And, you know, Dan, you've been on record here before speaking about his loan opportunities and the way that we've managed or mismanaged them and you know he's been out on loan not really been given the opportunities then we've recalled him 
when actually, arguably, he could have stayed if we were going to recall him. Then the idea should have been to use him. We've recalled him and not used him. And it's all just been a bit of a mess up. But hopefully, we're at a crossroads now. I'm very happy with the signing of Jesus. But, you know, I think he's... Um, what I want from Eddie is to demonstrate that he's an able backup. Yeah, and that he's a striker who is able uh, to not just come in and deputise for Jesus, but who can push mm. Jesus as well, who can really push him and say, like, you know, you actually have to stay sharp and you have to stay on job and you have to get these goals for us, Brazilian number nine, because, you know, I'm here wearing the number 14 and I will take my opportunities and I will score mm. goals. I think that's you what need we to, need. You need to clap because if you're not you clapping, clap, I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in and clap. Do you know what I mean? Come, I'm hungry. And... and mm. I'm 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 all for this development for players and whatnot and whatnot, but the, the position that we've been in as a club, we can't afford niceties, yeah. We can't rest on mm. niceties and be saying to these players, Oh no, but we need to give him time. I think some people were quick to formulate an opinion on Eddie. Mm. I think um I'm fairly formulating an opinion on Eddie. But what Eddie's showing is that if he gets games and opportunities, yeah, he can score goals. It's just about what level he can continue to hit the goals or what level of opposition he can get those goals against. And we saw him score some goals against some 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 top sides. We know he scored against Chelsea in the league last season. We know he... Did he get a goal against United? I don't think he scored in that. No, he got disallowed. But he was threatening. He's threatening. Mm. And you could argue that, well, those are sides that weren't um, particularly playing well, performing well at the point that we played them. But I think, you know, he showed enough in his overall performance, yeah, to say that actually he's willing to have an effect on games. So, yeah, I'm not about the niceties. I think he has to be hungry and he has to push my man. And that's it. I think he, what I want from him is to show us that we're right not to uh, dip into the market for a number two striker, a backup striker as well. We've got our backup striker. He's wearing the number 14. And he. I want him to prove that it was not just a kind of one season, half season thing that actually he's really applying himself and respecting mm. the game. And he's about his goals. He's about his business. Mm. And I love the way he plays for the club. He plays like, he, you know, he plays like he, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He plays like he's got a point yeah. to prove. Hungry. hungry. I like that. And you know what, Chefs? Yeah. Um, I would love to get your opinion, actually, on just this. It's like a theory of mine that I've had, yeah? Right? Mm. So, like, um, just about, I guess, the transition from youth football to men's football, right? Mm. And in my head, I think I've now, I've, I've basically concluded to myself that like 95% of it is down to physicality, yeah? So like, so like, I think it's so interesting. So number one, so there was, I, I put out a couple of tweets, right, this week, I think, and, and number one was um, just about the amount, you know how in, in like football and families, yeah? The amount of times it's the youngest brother that makes it, yeah, mm. in in the sport, yeah. Mm. And I'm and, and people are like, oh, why, I wonder why that is. But for me, it's because that younger kid, his, his brothers, they'll, they'll, they'll be very good at football, yeah, mm. very good. Uh, but it might not be just quite that at the level to to necessarily make it, right? Like you look at Paul Pogba, you know, I think he's got two older brothers who both mm. play football, but he's the one who is like the outstanding one, the, the world class. Like, you look at yeah. the Willocks, yeah. All yeah. three of them um, at top clubs, but it's only Joe who've been able to, you know, the youngest yeah. one who's been able to come through. And I think there's so many examples of that. Um, yeah. 
as well time and time again, right? And, you know, they look at in other sports, uh, LeBron James's kids and stuff like that, right? They're saying that the youngest one um, is the best one. He's got the best technique, this, that, and the other. The best handles, I think that's what they call it in basketball. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so, like, so like I'm looking at this and I'm saying, look, look the, the, in my head, the reason for that seems quite clear, that the youngest one, he's trying to play with the olders, yeah? And the olders, they're playing with people who are, you know, sort of similar age to them. Um, and then the youngest one, because they're all bigger than him, um, his technique's got to be A1 in order to cope, yeah. Uh, yeah. cope with their added physicality, right? Yeah. And then, you know, if you compare, I guess, I think young strikers is probably the best example, yeah? So if you compare someone like Romelu Lukaku, uh, Tammy Abraham, to someone like, um, uh, to, to, to someone like um, Eddie Nketiah, right? Or following Balogun, yeah? Or if you want to look at, you know, midfielders, uh, English midfielders, you've got someone like Ross Barkley, who was a mm. unit from early, right? From when he was 18 years old. This guy's like six foot one, muscles for days. Do you know what I mean? He can impose himself and do bits from, from 18. Wayne Rooney, right? Mm. 16 mm. years old, looking like a man already. Yeah, the yeah? man body. Phys- yeah, physically yeah, yeah. sprinting, bodying people, this, that, and the other, right? Um, and then you compare that to some of these other youngsters, um, you know, like a like a um, you know a Josh McEachern or something like that, right? Who's supposed to be a top top talent technically under twenty three. They but, look amazing. Um, but then when when it comes to it, yeah. Um, another example I just thought of was the Chalaba brothers, right? Trevor uh, being the youngest one, he's the one that's finally actually made it at. Um, at, Chelsea, at, at yeah. Chelsea, right? And so for me, a lot of it is just linked to physicality because mm. for that I think that's the biggest difference between academy football and men's football is the fact that you might be the quickest, you might be the strongest um, in under 23s and, your t- and that means your technique looks amazing, yeah? Because I remember Hector Bellerin looking absolutely nuts in the under 23s when he's playing you know, the kids yeah, yeah, playing, yeah, yeah playing the kids running pmp in them for days when he played dortmund this guy looked like a rabbit in the rabbit in the headlights Head you know light. what i mean and it took him took him some time to put on a little bit of muscle not that he ever got like massive but yeah. he put on a, a, a bit more physicality wise yeah and he looked like a different player um i look at Mesa Ozil when he first came to the league you know people were worried about him being able to, to to cope with the physicality. And I think in that second season, you could see his chest in that tight Puma kit. You know, you could see his chest was bigger. You could see his yeah, arms yeah. were bigger. His shoulders were yeah. bigger. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, I think he had his best two seasons um, yeah. the two years uh, after after he signed. And so, you know, I'm looking at it and I think the Tammy Abraham versus Eddie comparison for me is one that I like to use because Tammy, you know, six foot three, big physical striker, but I don't think he's the best technically. I would even say I think mm. Eddie Nketiah is better than him um, oh, technically. Technically, you yeah. Know, you know what I mean? But being yeah. able to being able to deal with the physicality, and I don't just mean, you know, centre-backs up your back, but I mean the the number of sprints that you have to do, the number of duels that you run. have to, yeah. you know, yeah. be involved in. You know the the anaerobic Protecting. part of the of the of the game, right? And being able to do it again and again and again. You know, and being able to maintain that intensity um, is where I think someone like Eddie would find it hard, right? So when I'm looking at, um, so I was watching um, some preseason games. You know, you just end up in a YouTube hole. Yeah. um, You know, end up in a YouTube hole uh, trying to go to bed and that. And I was watching these these preseason clips from 
um, Unai Emery's uh, first preseason, right? And yeah. I'm seeing Eddie there, and I'm comparing Eddie to there to him now. Like, he's not any taller, but he looks like a new, a completely different player. Different player. Do you know what I mean? Completely different player. And I think he's always had these goal-scoring instincts. We've seen it under-21s and that for England. But I think now is the only time where he's able to effectively show show out because his body's now like yeah. in in, yeah. in a position to play men's men's football you know so yeah. I, I i'll just i'm just interested to know your 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 opinion on that because i think that is now probably the thing most important when you're talking about getting these guys to make the step up yeah I, and i think your theory is so interesting actually uh, as you as you was talking about um that the footballing families uh, yeah i feel like that's that spot and it makes me like and it's yes yeah, it's, it's the reason my bro I'm nine years older than my brother. It's the reason he's better than me at football. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I used to bring him as a kid to Mably to play with me and the Mandem. So mm. when it came to him bucking with like playing at his level, it was nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like and he's mm. a he's a um like he's just a lethal clinical striker. Like like everyone that knows him, he's a, he's a like he's a finisher. Like, but yeah, he 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 knew how to cut it because he was playing with big guys. Like we was te big teenagers at the time. You see what I'm saying? And like early twenties playing with us. So yeah, I hear you. But just to come back and make it specific about your point in transitioning, I think it's it's so key in. Um, in the men's game now and I think you see it like the, the examples that you've given for example about McEachran that's a fantastic example because these are players who yeah like you know probably all the all, all the um, noise was about them all the fuss was about them when they were younger you know mm -hmm. similar Billy Gilmore you know is another example of that like you know I um, like yeah have, have still have loads of links to um academy football and whatnot but i remember going down to cobham a couple of years ago to watch um to watch one of my guys playing um in the chelsea academy at the time and billy gilmore was there for the um age group actually he was playing the year up and you can see technically quality absolute quality but you could see he's slight very very slight not you know, not really having the the the, the physique or the profile at that level, though, it's absolutely fine. The moment you start getting first team appearances, though, for Chelsea, it's different kettle of fish. You know what I mean? Like you're not dealing with other sixteen year olds or seventeen year olds or eighteen year olds who have a cap and you have a limit. You're dealing with men, you know, of all shapes and sizes, of all body types, of all um, eight levels of experience. You know what I mean? And so it comes into it. And I think what it is as well is it's one thing getting the physicality, but it's knowing how to use your body as well to your advantage. And this mm -hmm. is the thing with it, the example that you gave about Eddie, for example. Um, Eddie's definitely grown, but he's known how to use his body. If you think about em Emery and the Emery tenure and that first preseason, that was about three years ago now, wasn't it? That was yeah, like the yeah. 2019 was, yeah. or 2019 season. Yeah. So three years ago. Um, so three years ago, he, he's 22 now. Three years ago, he would have been 19. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, just stopped growing, you know, in terms of like, yeah, or or maybe it depends because some people say you stop at 18. Um, you know, sometimes they say you actually stop at 21. But yeah, he, he would have just stopped growing. So that would have been like his optimum height. And yeah, he's got to learn how to use his body. And I think, again, 
Um, part of it is again getting the exposure to, to so training is one thing, training and being in and around these guys is one thing, but actually getting the games, getting them actually helps you to be able to learn. All right, this is how you have to use your body, this is how you have to use your body to your advantage. These are your limitations because everyone's got limitations, and in terms of physical development as well, it's um, players do have to be careful because sometimes, um, they start bulking up and then all of a sudden you see them start um, losing some speed or picking up some soft tissue, um, muscular injuries and whatnot, whatnot. So you have to be, um, yeah, they have to be quite careful. And uh, again, I think it's the access to the information. And these athletes, they're athletes really, at these top level clubs, in these top level environments, yeah, they really... Um, they, they should be looking after their bodies anyway. They have access to like the top information and whatnot. So it really is about them being able to look after their body, but it's easier said than done. Not everyone does it. Not everyone takes it seriously. Not everyone applies it in the same way. But I do think that physicality is a big part of it. And like you said, it's not me saying them learning how to use their body is just one part of it. But it is about the other stuff. It's about the anaerobic stuff. It's one thing when you're... Um, you know, because as the levels go up, now you're playing in the men's game, the technical level is the sky, literally the sky. You know, you might have players there who are um, bums and you might have players there who are like Ozil level technical ability. You know what I mean? So it's like, you, how do you find your place in all of that? And so, yeah, you have to be good at some of the anaerobic stuff. Absolutely. Everyone's pressing that. Yeah, so you have to be able to press when your team don't have the ball. But when your team do have the ball, you have to spring into action. So it's being able to do that, being able to do the high-intensity sprints, you know, having to... Eddie's a player who likes to run in behind, for example, so having to stretch the line. So you might have to run four, five, six times, you know, in the space of a couple of minutes or to threaten to run, to do that motion, to go in behind, you know, or to come deep. It's about being able to do things at this high-intensity level, at a highly repeatable um, level time and again. Um, and this is a bit, not a bit off topic, it's linked to it, but I say a player, for example, like, um, uh, what's his name, like Carl Walker, like mm. Carl Walker, I think Carl Walker, for example, and obviously we're not talking about him integrating into the, into the men's game anymore, but um, if you think about him and his sprint threshold and the volume of high-intensity sprints he makes per game. And you don't pick up this stuff normally, actually, when you're watching um, him on TV or whatnot. But when you see him, you see him live, you realise this guy is sprinting. Yeah, he's doing like 40-yard, 50-yard, 60-yard dashes time and again, time and again, time and again. Sometimes he's just covering runs. Sometimes he's running, competing 1v1 with his jaw. Like sometimes it's, it's something else. So yeah, you have to be able to do these things as a player. And yeah, I think the the the, the better you are of being able to kind of adapt and integrate um, as a youth player into the men's game and be able to do these things, the better chance you stand. Really, it doesn't mean it's not. I don't think it's conclusive. Like you know, if you if you if you can't do it, then you don't have a chance of being successful. It still happens. But I think, yeah, your your odds are increased if you're able to integrate and incorporate that side, definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, let's get into um, let's get into some listeners' questions as well because we've had uh, a few that have come in. So, um, first one, someone said cheeky Chobid. 
um, earlier, right? So we had this discussion in the group chat um, a bit earlier, a bit back and forth. Which conveniently, Shabs, you and I were on the opposite sides of the of the of the Same. table on this one, right? So you 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 said you take him. You said you take him. So you know the man then was cooking me. Listen, the yeah. man then were cooking me for saying I would take Cho and I, and us. And sometimes what it is, yeah, it's like I'm we're working people in it, like I'm working in it. So I'm just kind of in between messages and I'm throwing stuff in there, but I don't really have time to explain or articulate my point. I might be in the middle of a team's call or whatever. I come back and man, they are cooking me, like blah blah blah. What are you talking about or whatnot? I I I said I would take Chol. Um, unpopular opinion. I think I believe that Cho is a better footballer than Martinelli. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean, yeah, that I think Martinelli is a bad football player. I think Martinelli is a very good football player. I rate Martinelli very highly. I think on ability, on technical ability, I think Cho is a better player than him. Yeah. Now, like and you made a good point, Dan. And I don't do and this is it. Sometimes I can make a point, yeah, but I'm not married to it. So it's like, yeah, I can agree with different things. Now you made a good point about ability. Now, ability actually doesn't actually mean anything if you don't show for it on the pitch. And I think that's spot on with Cho. But I also think environment has a part to play in it as well. And I think the environment and the platform for which Cho's been given to perform similar to what I'm saying about Eddie, Eddie and KTR. And actually he's got, a re- now we've got a reference point. He's been given opportunities and we've seen what he could do. I don't think Cho's been given consistent opportunities for whatever reason. For And that might be his fault. That might be because he's a bad trainer. It might be because he's not deserved it or whatever. But I think if he were given consistent opportunities and he were playing in the right environment in his natural position, which I think is an attacking player, um, I think he's got a lot to offer many teams and I think he's a good carrier of the ball. I think he's a, I think he's a decent 1v1 threat. I think he's a decent um, creative player. I think also he makes good decisions and good choices in the final third. Yeah. And I think he can score goals. Yeah. I think he's got, obviously, we've not seen enough of that consistently enough or reliably enough from him. But I think these are things about his game that I have seen when I have watched him that I've liked. And when I was asked, I said, I wouldn't be prepared to spend any more than 35 or 40 million on him. And people was cooking me again for that. But that's realistic in terms of a, like, that's really, like, I think if Chelsea sell him today, that's in and around what they're selling him for. Mm. Like, really, like he's a young English um, talent. That's what these players are going for. So I don't think like I was far. I don't think I was far fetched to out of like. But a man them cooked me. I haven't changed my opinion from earlier today. I would still take him. He and when I say I'll take him, it's not like yeah, he's not on my list of. If you gave me like ten wingers to name, he wouldn't be on my list of ten players. But mm. if I'm saying I actually there's an opportunity to sign him, and it made sense for us, I'll take the chance on him. Why? Mm. I, I, I personally I would. So that's what I mean by that. But. Yeah, that's, that's that's still my view on him. Mm. Yeah, fair play, fair play. And yeah, as I said, I was on the other side of the table, right? So uh, for me, uh, if we had, I guess, more established senior wingers, um, I probably would take a punt on Cho as well. I don't think your valuation is um, 
is off for what it would cost personally. Um in today's but, market. Yeah, in today's market, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair valuation. But yeah, if it was me with the resources, I wouldn't spend that on Cho with us in our current situation, which I also think is is fair, right? I think um for me, I agree with you that the platform has not been ideal for for Cho. Um, so far, obviously, there's the big injury there um, that that helped, uh, kept him out for about a year um, as well. And it's a, it's a Achilles. I think it's a difficult one to come back um, to come back from um, and hit the ground running. But on the in the same vein, um, I also don't think that he's done enough with the the platform that he has been given. Um, if that makes sense. So you know, I look at it. I look at it. Um, and I, I always want to be fair to young players. Yeah, I always want to be fair to young players. So I'm talking purely on my observation of the guy. I'm not talking about what other people have said about him and whether or not I disagree with, you know, where where he's positioned, this, that and the other. I'm just talking purely on the guy. I think he's a, a, a good young player with potential. And right now, I don't think that I could say any more than that based on what I've seen him do. Uh, immense football. I didn't watch him in the under 23s. I don't know um about about that record or what he did in those games, this, that, and the other, um, in any any sort of detail. I just think, you know, from um from what I've seen, he's a good young player with potential. And some of the underlying metrics look very good for him. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the chance creation, all the charts that you see, the 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 pie charts and the the, the scatter graphs, you know, he's always in a good place um uh, in terms of you know create chance creation. Um, key passes and that kind of thing. So it says to me that you know there is there is a player in there, um, but is that a guy that I would bring to Arsenal at this current point in time? Probably not. You know, I look at the the, the makeup of our wide players. Um, we got Saka, we got Smithrow, we got Martinelli. Um, I think we need more of a shooter in there, and I don't. I think that's definitely one thing that I'm not seeing from Joe. Um, really, is much goal scoring potential, um, much goal scoring potential to be honest. So um, I think that's one to watch. I personally think he should leave Chelsea. Um, it's time for him to to go and play football. Um, and I think, you know, you can't make an accurate judgment about these young players until they play football. You know what I mean? So um, he needs to go and make a career for himself. Um, and, and, and this probably might be uh, the best opportunity to do that because you're looking at Raheem Sterling coming in now. Like, you couldn't start above these bums that Chelsea had in wide attack. You're not starting in front of in front of Sterling. I don't no think wing back is a position for him either. Um, so he needs to go play. Um, and I think there's plenty of players who have left big clubs and still gone on to make um quality careers for themselves. So so um so yeah I think I think it's time for him to to go do that. Probably not at um at Arsenal though. So um next question oh, that first one was from Baba Ronald by the way um at Baba Ronald so big up him um mm. next question from Ducks on Quack Nine um, what formations would you want to see implemented? For me, I'm gonna quick, short, and and snap and 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 snap one for me. But you can you can uh, go longer if you want, Chaz. But I don't care about formation, man. I I generally don't care. If we play three at the back, we play four at the back. We play four three three. We play four two three one. We play four two two two. I don't care as long as it it works. It's effective. I know what the manager's doing. The players understand what the manager's doing, and we're winning games. Boy. Then, then go do it, and we're scoring goals. Do you know what I mean? A formation to me means Jack. I have no reason to favour one over another as long as it's winning football, man. Yeah, I think 
I think you're right. I think there's so much emphasis on formation. This is this is dots on a piece of paper at the start of the game. The players don't stand in fixed positions throughout the course of 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 the ninety minutes. So the formations don't really mean something. But that said, you know, formation is a necessary part of every every mm. every football match. You know, we don't we don't start any single coverage of any single match anywhere now with that formation. I think it is important. It does mean something. It, it is some sort of guiding, uh, you know, guiding mechanism for uh, coaches, fans alike, you know, whatever. Um, for me, I want to see us kind of continue to build on this 4-3-3 um, shape, you know, and, um, you know, a, a solid midfielder at the base accompanied by two three eights. No Erdegaard being one of them. And I'm most interested in understanding who the other eight is going to be. You know, we're going to persist with and have to default back to Shaka, which I'm, I, you know, I like how he, he, he done a decent job for us last season, but, you know, I've been very vocal in saying that I've had enough of that, of, of, of that and need to see something different. You know, a player like um, Vieira, who's been brought in, is he going to be utilised there or integrated there? Do we still have targets? out there on the market who we're trying to bring in. You know, we know Telemans has been named as one of them. Is there someone else? So I'll be most interested in seeing um, what we do there with a 4-3-3. I'm looking forward to that. And a 4-2-3-1 is the other one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so similar question um, from, uh, let me see, it's Bateface Nate, right? So he says, what... New tactics, lineups, combinations. Would you like to see us try over the course of preseason? Right. So you touched on um, on that a little bit. Do you know what I'm interested in seeing, Chabs, this season? I'll mm. be honest. Um, I would quite like us to try a couple of different things in those um, eight positions um, that we have. If we do this four three three, right? There's a couple of things that I would like to see us sample. One for me is moving Erdegaard potentially out of that little pocket on the right and shifting them over to the other side um, and then letting ESR play that right eight position mm. for me. And then mm. also, um, I would like to see Saka play it potentially in that left eight position um, as well. And I'll tell you the reasons for that is, for one, I so looking at how these teams play in this sort of 4 3, three stuff, right? So that, that ball that goes you know, round the defenders, yeah, and between the keeper and the defence. I don't mm. think we have that weapon in our arsenal right now. So mm. I think the, the only one that can sort of play that ball maybe is Xhaka sometimes, and he doesn't really have the same whip on it. Do you know what I mean, mm. right? Like, mm. um, so so that's like when, when you see KDB in that right-half space, Trent mm. in that right-half space, Bernardo in the left one right? Mm. Or Robertson in the left one. You know, that ball that just goes, whoop, vam. So difficult to defend because, you know, a defender coming across it, um, you know, could score an own goal, could go anywhere. You know, yeah. you saw um, I think Modric do it with the outside of the boot um, again in the Champions League against league. Chelsea. You know what I mean, right? And and I, 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 I think that's a big, big weapon. And when you have someone like you know, Gabriel Jesus, who we've seen several times um, arrive at a back post. Uh, you've got Saka attacking the back post. You've got Martinelli attacking the back post. Um, maybe Smith Rowe as well. I think we're almost missing a trick 
not having that. And yeah. for me, me for one, I know that Erdegaard and Saka link up um, is very good, but I can't lie to you. I slightly prefer e ESR and Saka's link up on that right hand side. I think there's it's a lot more dynamic in the way that they change positions. You yeah. know, it, with ease, it's almost telepathy, right? Like you you think back to that. A goal we scored against West Brom um, in yeah. the snow, yeah, where you know every every man boom, boom, just, boom. Doing, just moved, doing whatever, do you know what I mean? Just move, yeah. and it was and it was nice, right? And Smith Rowe's comfortable on the outside, comfortable on the inside. Saka's comfortable on the outside, comfortable on the inside. And I think with Erdegaard, it's a lot more difficult to get those same rotations in because you know he's not going to overlap. And when you don't have the overlapping right back um, as well. It can be, you know, a little bit difficult to break down, um, break down those deep blocks. So, you know, I, I would quite like to see ESR introduced back into that side of the pitch to link up with Saka because I think those two have got a great relationship um, together. So those are the those are the two things I would potentially. Oh, and yeah, the Saka on the left side as well. I just think Saka would be amazing as an eight. So, you know, yeah, um, and he's got he's got those deliveries on on, on smash. So yeah, yeah, I like that. I like them things. I like them things. I I would like to see. Um, and I don't necessarily believe that we have the personnel for this right now in terms of the way that our current um, squad matches. But I would like to see um, a marauding attacking right back as a variation. Mm. Yeah, because I think we have the potential for that on the left side. Yeah, with just the personnel that we have there. Tierney, who can be good when he gets forward. And Tavares, who's an absolute maniac defensively, but we've seen when he gets forward, he's a you know he creates problems. I would like to see something like that on the right hand side as a variation. Yeah, not the way that we play. We know how um, we we play. We know how Arteta wants to use the fullbacks. We know Arteta wants to line the fullbacks up um, with the lone six to provide protection against the break and the invert. And they're good with the ball and, and whatnot. And that's a big part of the reason why he wants Lissandro as well. I think all of that is fine. But I think you need variation on the pitch. And that's why I'd want a different option. So that in games where um, it's not about us controlling possession, it's about us being able to add um, threat or commit further men forward. You know, I've, I think like that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see Lokonga in the eight. Definitely. Um you know, I think like he, as, as much as he didn't deliver on the promise or expectation last season, I also think he was hard done by. And I think there was poor utilisation of him. And I think it was an unrealistic task that he was given at times. And I would like to see him being used sparingly, you know, because I think he has to earn it. Like, you know, it's not about niceties. But um, I think he has to earn it, definitely. But I'd like to see him being used in one of those more advanced positions in midfield because I think that he played some of his better football and gave us some of his better performances when he was used in that way. I think about the home performance against Newcastle, um, which was probably one of Eddie Howe's first games. We beat them 2-0. And he was, you know, I think he done like five key passes. Mm. Um, where Martinelli scored that goal, isn't it? In that mm. game from the right-hand side. That's that. I'd like to see um, a left footer on the left wing for us, you know, so whether mm. that's a new player that we bring in or whether it's Saka being used there sometimes or whatnot, I don't mind. Um, as long as they're good, 
as long as they're good. But I would like to see that again, just as some variation. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And um, yeah, I think three at the back stuff is not new or five at the back. We've seen that when it comes in. I'd like to see Saliba being given opportunities. That's what I want to see. That's not a tactical variation. That's more of a personnel choice. But yeah, we need Saliba needs to get minutes. For mm-hmm. all things good at the Emirates Stadium, he needs to be given minutes. So I mm-hmm. need to see that. Mm. Yeah, fair, fair play, man. Fair play. So we've got quite a few questions on midfield um, at the moment. So uh, this one from PCBE. I'm going to read them all out, right? And then we can mm. just um, tackle tackle them. Um, right. So PCB Aguiman, um one, he said, thoughts on Milinkovic-Savic as a potential midfield target? Um, then uh, Ords the first, uh, he said, 20-year-old Amadou Onana, what are your thoughts on him? Is he needed in our midfield? Um, brackets, not as a major signing for our midfield. Um, and then we've got Cantana, he 25, and he says, who who else would you want to bolster our midfield? Because I still think that's our weakest area. Um, and then Don Mikel, very similar. Um, I just want to know what you guys think we should do about midfield if everyone is not available. Yeah, so... I mean, a lot of midfield chat, a lot of midfield chat, right? So midfield quickly, chat. Milinkovic. Milinkovic, would you be happy with that? I, I don't know because honestly speaking, he's not a player that I've watched. In like, they, they, there was a lot of you know buzz about him years ago, but he's not a player that I've watched in the last. He's, he's, two he, got, years. he went, he went very quiet on him for time. He's gone, right, he's gone quiet very on quiet him. on him, and you know? I think that's not for no reason. You know, when he's at Lazio. And, isn't he? And mm. yeah, like twenty-seven now as well. So he's you know yeah, he's prime, getting on. Prime age. I don't know. So I, 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 I again, I like him technically. He's a big, towering, imposing player. Does he have the physicality for the Premier League? I don't know. And I think he's just quietly going about doing his business in Italy. I don't know mm. that he's setting the world alight. When I watch my Serie A highlights. He's not showing up as someone who's like, oh, actually... He doesn't pop off the screen, does he, like that? I've forgotten about this guy. You know, there's the reason why I need to be paying attention to him. So, that's mm. one that would underwhelm me. Yeah, I think he's had his best goal-scoring season since that 17-18 season when he was, you know, getting linked to every club in Europe, right? Uh, where he scored 14 goals all comes that season, 12 in the league. And then I think since then, he's gone five in the league, seven in the league, eight in the league. And then this season, he scored 11 goals in the league. So I think maybe that's why his name's popped up. For me, this this seems like Lazio are trying to, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that his name's popped up this summer because mm. you look at it, COVID is slapping everyone's head, um, you know, and I think Lazio are probably looking to say, you know what, we're struggling, you know, we need some peace. Can we, you know, rouse up some interest in this, in this brother? Because he's probably our biggest sellable asset, you know? Um, yeah. And so it doesn't surprise me, but for me, um, I'm I'm not that enthused. I, I think he's he's probably a, a FIFA guy. You know, he's a guy that, you know them guys, they're rated 86, 87 on FIFA, um, but yeah. reality, they're not, they're not, they're not quite that. And so I'm not, I'm not really having him. I, as I, I'm like you, I've just watched Comps of the guy. He's not been in my Serie A watch list at all. Been focused on other players in that league. Um, and I think if he was really pulling up trees in that league, 
um, we'd have been hearing about him um, in these in these days and weeks uh, gone by. You know, that would have been someone that people would have kept in the limelight if he was really performing um, to that level, like some of these other players uh, across Europe. Um, so again, uh, the next one was uh, Amadou Anana. So this guy, I, I've not watched him um, at all. Right, I've seen some comps, and all I would say, I'm not going to write him off based on comps. But all I would say, the comps were not impressing me, man. They were not impressing me. So um, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm not for that one. I don't want that signing. That's that mm. that to, that to me is a. We signed Lokonga last summer, and this signing is very Lokonga-ish, and. For me, he's not the right age profile. He's not a proven enough player. Like it's it's actually a risk to sign a player like that for our midfield. Bear in mind, we signed uh, Fab Vieira, who you know will will, will will I believe will be used eventually mm. in some sort of midfield capacity. Um, yeah, I think yeah, definitely we could, can can get some game time from the right. Um, if we persist with, you know, having a 10 in a 4-2-3-1, he may get some games in the 10. But I think eventually the plan for him is once he's bulked up and acclimatised to the league, I think we'll see him play in the midfield. So why would we go and sign another 20-year-old? You know, mm. when we've got 22-year-old Lukonga L- 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 and 21-year-old Fab Vieira, or how, mm. how old Vieira is. 22, yeah. 22. 22, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a risky signing for me. Um, I wouldn't do that business. Mm. Yeah, fair play, fair play. So, yeah, let's talk about... So, the other questions were who we would add to midfield. So, let's talk about some of the midfield uh, targets that you, you would like to see us bring in, right? So, I think the obvious one is um, Dokure, Sheikh Dokure. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It might be too late for him. He looks like he's going to Crystal Palace, but again, I think he's the type of player who represents a good deal, good business for us. I think he's the physical profile. Um, I mean, he's not that souped up. I think he's five foot eleven. I don't mm. think he's a giant or anything, but I think he's got that physicality definitely in terms of like that 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 quickness, that mobility. He's a six, you know, he's got the ability to pick up the ball from the base of midfield. He carries well. He tackles well. He's a defensive-minded midfielder. He's a defence first, but he's got something about him when he's on the ball. And um, for me, if Patrick Vieira is interested in him, then boy, I think there's something, there's something going on over mm. there. So, I mean, Vieira, we know about him in midfield, yeah? So, know who he was, exactly. So We know about him in midfield, so... Yeah. yeah, and I think his identification as well is of, of, of midfielders is good. I think if you think about it in this way, uh, and this, this, this is not me saying... Uh, this is not me saying, yeah, I like Conor Gallagher or Conor Gallagher is the type of midfielder that we should sign, but I think the primary reason Palace are interested in signing the Corre is because they need a defence-first midfielder mm. who is high energy. Yeah, mm. They've got a real challenge on their hands in terms of trying to replace um, Gallagher. Now, if they're prepared to go out and spend £22 million on this guy, it's because he's defence-first, he's high energy, and he's going to give them lots of what it is that they're going to miss with Gallagher. 
I think that is, again, the type of profile of midfielder that we need and we're lacking. And yeah, ultimately, I would sign him. I also think he had a very good season last season for, um, is that Lons? So, mm. that's it. Another guy, and I don't know your thoughts on him, but I'm going I'm to try and sneak in another one, is Seko Fofana, who is his midfield partner mm. at Lons. And, you know, I know the compilations haven't really done Seko Fofana justice, but... Boy. I, like I really like him. I like the comps. I've, I've, I really like him. Again, I think he's another one. People are saying about his touch. His touch looking higgy and that. This guy just looks like a problem. He looks mm. like a problem. You know, very good ball carrier. Very present in the opposition box. Got hella like. Well, I don't know if he got hella goals. I know that, and I'd see my little league on highlights again. He's a player who was popping up in and amongst mm. the goals more than the not weeks. He made it into the league on team of the season. Mm. You know, you think about them. They've got many a midfielder in that league. Yeah, whether mm. you want to say whatever you want to say about them, they've got many a midfielder in that league. Yeah, he's made it into the uh, team of the season. Yeah, he can't have had a bad season for doing something like that. So he's a player that I like. And again, I think I would bring him in. Again, I think it's about us doing smart business now and bringing in the right age profile. But getting a play, getting players of reasonable value who can add to our team, but who we can still extract value from, if in two, three years down the line we want to sell, but who also will be quite um, inexpensive to replace and quite easy to replace, like they're there and kind of in a middle-ish tier of player. Not there, we're not talking about elite footballers, elite midfielders, but there's someone who's going to come in and uh, improve us in terms of the base that we're working in right now. So, he's another one that I like that I would have sought to bring in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, man. Fair play. Um, I think for me, yeah, I 100% agree with those two that you you named. And I think it makes a lot of sense if you, you know, you're talking about, you know, maintaining stability um, uh, and 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 it, when you are bringing, bringing players into the engine room, those guys play together, you know, at, at, at Lons and, and, you know, they understand each other they they knew like if you're talking about Czech Decore as you know sort of like a a, a foil for for Parte um, in that deeper six position that's the position that he played for 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 Lons um, and uh, Seco played in that left eight you know so they they got those automatisms you know they know right if 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 Seco goes here and this where this where me Czech I need to stand in it do you know what I mean so um, I think that works very well uh, I think you know. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking around. Um, midfield is not, it's not given, it's not given uh, a lot, you know, it's in Europe. It's, it's, it's very difficult, right? There's names like Fabio Ruiz being banded about. I'm not sure I want, I want, I want to spend money on that guy. Uh, Tielemans, I'm not sure I want to spend money on that guy. Um, I would have 100% taken, 100% uh, taken uh, Eve Basuma. Doesn't look like the club um, agreed with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Another, he was the one. Yeah, a couple a couple names, uh, you know, Leon midfielders, Kakare, Lucas Paqueta. Um, you know, I'm still fans of those guys. Uh, yeah. I mentioned Kakare, I think, on a on a on a, on a you know patron piece that we done together. Yeah. That's that's been that's, that guy's been on my list for a while. Um, yeah. I'm I'm still definitely um, taking him. Um, you know, uh, Fabio Vieira, I think, is definitely an interesting one that we've signed already. So you know. Um, yeah, one to watch. I'm one to watch. I'm not sure what we do in midfield, um, to be honest, but I definitely think another midfielder uh, will be 
will be coming. So, um, Shabs, two more questions before I, I wrap do up. Think, I do just want to say on that, yeah, I do on. think more than ever, it is so important for us to get their midfield, the profile of player correct this mm. summer. Mm. More so than the name. Yeah, I think the name is less important. It does not need to be a superstar. It needs to be a player who is able to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that player for me has to be the right physical profile, has to have some technical quality, definitely, definitely, and has to be able to be an effective screen as well. And I mm. think, you know, we need that. If you want to rub Shaka out of the starting 11, we, we absolutely need that, need that as a minimum requirement. And maybe for more reasons than one, we need that. Mm. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Um, yeah, so, yeah, two more questions. So this one's from uh, Harry Sutherland. So he said, we were linked... Big up, to Harry. The... Yeah, big up, Harry, man. Um, saw him yesterday at football training as well. So um, big up him. He had to go off injured, man. So, <laughs> you know, I hope, I, hope, I hope his knee or his leg or his ankle is all right now, man. But Pray, take it anyways, easy, Harry. He's got, he's got to hold that. Um we were linked. <laughs> we were linked with a lot of tall target men in January, but no sort of links this summer. Uh, do you think our blueprint changed? Um, I think it's unlikely in a six-month span, but can't work out why. Uh, you know what, Harry? I think this is such an interesting point, and it's a question for me about why the strategy changed because we were so clearly interested in Vlavic. <laughs> Like, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, we made a move for Vlaovic and we tried to sign him. That was the name. Um, Isak was another one. Now, Isak, I think, is less of a target man, but definitely is a tall. Yeah, six foot four as a striker. And then some of the other names we heard, I don't know how true or untrue they were, but Darwin Nunes was obviously one on the hit list. He's tall. Skamaka. Mm. He's six foot five. Um, Tammy, he's tall. Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony's uh, actually, there's a myth about Ivan Tony being tall, isn't it? Some sources say he's 5'11, other sources say he's like 6'2, mm. 6'3. I think it depends on where you look at, depending on how tall Ivan Tony is. Calvert Lewin. Like, these were the names on the hit list. So for me, that was very clearly a certain type of player and for a certain reason. And there was a certain, it looked like that was in line with or aligned with the strategy, a certain strategy. And we've gone for Jesus. And that's interesting to me. And I think we've gone for Jesus because of opportunity. You know, I don't, I don't know if the Jesus opportunity was there in, in, in January in terms of, yeah, actually this guy's really could be leaving Man City and whatnot. The talk started to emerge in March. For us, that's the first that I heard anything about. March, April, same to intensify. And then May, it was like, yeah, this is the deal that's going to happen. We just have to negotiate a fee. And then finally, we got it done. But um, mm. yeah, for me, and, 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 and I wonder as well how much of a part Eddie has had to play in um, in it as well. Because I think we would have been in the market for two strikers had Eddie left as well. Mm. Would have had to have been in the market for two strikers. Would have just been too light um, on the ground, otherwise. 
And I think if we had then gone into the market for two strikers, we probably would have gone for a different type, having gone for um, Jesus. So that's the only real thing I can think of. Is it because uh, Eddie's come and kind of uh, put a spanner in the works of those plans? Um, and I think Jesus is an opportunity. And I think in that we've got a two. And I think the thing with signing Jesus is that we know what it is that we're getting because Arteta's already familiar with him. Mm. So we know what it is that we're getting in a striker. Yeah, and, and I think I definitely think Eddie re-signing is a big factor. Um, I think the Jesus one, I'm not sure when that transpired. I think they said that the conversations have been going on for months, right? But I think it was definitely post-January um, yeah. that those ones started, yeah. right? So I think, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus, they probably didn't know whether or not he was 100% going to be on the market. Obviously, he's got a year left on his deal. So maybe that one was one they said, yeah, look, let's try and let's try and make that one work. Um, Edu, obviously, with the Brazilian connection, got that one cracking. And I think with Eddie, um, you know, even he did an interview earlier this year, right? Um, and in that interview, he didn't give anything away about whether he's going to stay or leave. And it looked for all intents and purposes, and I hope everyone has watched that on TBG Pod, big up them. Um, they 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 done a nice interview with um, Brooke Norton Coffee as well this week that I thought was quite insightful. But um, on that on that podcast, for me and listening to it, I think it sounded like um, um, that Eddie was was going to leave. You know, and it sounds to me like he was ready to leave. Um, and so I think the club was probably planning um there around around him leaving that, yeah, fine, we're gonna secure Jesus and we know what attributes he has. And if he goes, um, this is the kind of striker that maybe uh, can give us some different attributes that Jesus might not have, you know, that aerial ability, etc., target and play. And I think I personally just think the manager actually really rates these two strikers. Um, and thinks that they will be enough uh, attribute-wise and goal-scoring-wise to be able to play the way that he wants to play without necessarily having to go go out and 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 bring you a target man. Um, because yeah. and the reason for this is, you know, I think the main the main reason you want a target man is to be, um, I think, an outlet number one. Um, you know, for these long balls, be able to to to, to I guess hold it up. Um, and be an out ball from the long ball, um, uh, and and but and 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 secondly to be a, an aerial target in the box, right? Um, uh, on to get on the end of things and to get on the end of crosses. And I think Gabriel Jesus is really really good in the air. Yeah, that is one thing he scored a lot of headers for Man City, um, who aren't necessarily you know a big sort of lump it in the, in the box team. Obviously, they got mm. great crosses, um, but. You know, he scores a lot of headers, you know, without necessarily being the tallest. So I think that aerial presence in the box is met with Jesus. And I think both of these strikers are fantastic outlets, right? Um, so not necessarily from the long ball to the chest or to the head, but a long ball into the channels um, is another way where you can be a fantastic outlet. And I think both of these strikers run the channels amazingly, amazingly yeah. well, right? Yeah. So... You know, um, so I think they give you some of the stuff that you get from a target man without necessarily being target man. And I think, you know, Jesus, top, top, top technically, right? A ball into his feet, he can hold it up, he can dribble, this and the other. And I think Eddie showcased um, his back-to-goal play has improved drastically um, 
since he first came into the team, maybe down to some of that physicality that we mentioned at the top of the, the top of the podcast as well. So I think with between them, you get a lot of good attributes that you would that I think suffice for the reason um, why you would want a uh, a target man. So this is the last question, Shabs. So I know it's mm. just getting close to midnight. So I let you go to bed, man. Um, mm. Uh, after this, so this says now that Gabriel Jesus has arrived, who would be your I- ideal attainable third forward? Assuming we think we need one, so similar to the midfield one, um, this is this talking about wingers, wingers or forwards or whoever. I'll be honest with you, it was Rafinha, and I didn't even know it was Rafinha until the links were there and became real, and I was like, actually, this makes so much sense. Um, but yeah, look, it looks like that one's fluffed. So mm-hmm. for, for me, I actually would have loved him. I, I really like him. I think I've said this already. He batted us up in one of the games where he played against Leeds. And that made me wake up to him. And I said, you know what? This guy's a live wire. You know, this wasn't last mm-hmm. season. Season before, I said, this guy's a live wire. He's a bit of a bad man. He's Brazilian. He's wavy. Cool. And yeah, I just think I think um, he showed me something. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. I'm 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 with it. He's wavy. He's wavy, and I could see it. And I, you know, I could see him on one side, Saka on the other side. Then both interchanging, and that working really well with um, with Jesus. I think they all have the ability as a front three to beat uh, a man. They all have the ability to uh, create, and they all have the ability to score goals. And I think that would have been something like you know they would have cooked up something definitely but it's not to be it doesn't it looks like that deal's dead in the water and I don't think I can answer it because if you asked me the other one I would have said Serge Gnabry but I don't mm. know how attainable that mm. I mean Serge Gnabry would have been my ideal he's my number yeah. one like there's a chance to yeah. take him like well I'm taking him yesterday what are you talking about mm. but um I don't know if he's attainable. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. For me, for me, yeah. Um, I can't lie to you. I think if Serge Gnabry didn't play for Arsenal uh, previously, I don't think anyone would even remotely link us to him, right? Because I'll I, I give you the, the, the alternative is Raheem Sterling, right? So this is a guy who has won basically everything, 26, 27 years old, were we uh, looking at 300k per week, you know, this, that, and the other, were we even on, 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 on the radar for Raheem Sterling? I don't think so. And I think everyone would have thought it would be, you know, sort of silly that he would even consider us. And I, and I think that's even with the Arteta connection. Do you know what I mean, right? Um, and so, you know, I I think Gnabry, I, I, def, I just think that one's beyond us, man. I think it's beyond us. I have seen some some links to saying Arsenal monitoring the situation. I'm yeah. hoping they're true, man. I'm hoping they're true. Clappers off both lose. feet, pacey, you know, 1v1, he's got it. That's my guy from early, man. I, I even went back to, uh, to, to, to Facebook and I seen the statuses I was writing on Facebook back in them days, yeah, about Serge Gnabry. Like, this is he's yeah. one of my guys, you know, early tweets, yeah. this and that, from 2013. Loved him um, in the un- so I mentioned the under twenty three when I was watching the under twenty threes, Bellerin and Canabra on that right hand side, they were my they were my guys, man. They were my guys together. Cooked I loved him. them both. So you know, ideal. I think the other name um, that I mentioned before, I think I tweeted it, um, is Musa Diaby. 
Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his, man. I think he's super explosive. Very, very good 1v1. Also finishes off both feet as well. Um, I'd love us to sign him um, for me. So that would be that would be my um, other uh, wing wing target. But Shabs, I'm going to ask you a question of myself, right? I'm going to put you on the spot right now. When are we recording this uh, Emil Smith Rowe uh, patron piece? Uh, Give me a day. Give me a day right now. I'm I'm gonna and and, and we're gonna hold you to it, me and the listeners. I think I can do Monday after uh, evening. You know, Monday, Monday afternoon. Yeah, Monday yeah. evening. Okay. I think I can do if that works for you. If that works for you, Monday evening. I'll make it work, chefs. I'll make it yeah. work. Uh, I'll make yeah. it work. I'll work around you. Yeah. So Monday, Monday evening, guys. You heard it here first. Stay tuned. Sign up to the Patreon if you don't want to miss out. Yeah, we're doing a special video pod for Emil Smith Rowe. Um, Smith Rowe. Sakurai and Emil Smith Rowe. Uh, do not an Emil Smith Rowe um, and, and reviewing his season just gone, looking at all 10 of his goals, um, et cetera, et cetera. So lock in to that one. And if, you know, Arsenal make a sign-in, um, you know, before they go on the USA tour, there'll be content for that as well. Yeah, there'll we'll be patient content back. for that as well. So, you know, we'll be back, back with it for you. Shabs, thank you very much for joining Come me on, today. Bro. Thank you Come very much on, for man. joining me today. Um, I've really enjoyed recording this pod. Um, hopefully, you listeners have enjoyed it as well. Um, and otherwise, yeah, we'll catch you on Monday. Um, and if you're not a patron, you are missing out. But you know, no hard feelings. And we'll catch you next week um, with another Touchy Goodness pod. Um, peace out. Bless. Man could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on sight. Man had to drop that mind. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good energy. Man gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's our brand. That's the response of Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.